Hello and welcome, Mahanyaks, to another Blessings from Tragedy. Um, don't worry, you know, as you can see, this is whether you're listening to this on the Rambling Viking or the actual Blessings from Tragedy page, welcome. I hope uh, you're excited for this episode. Maybe have, it shouldn't be a real tearjerker, but it is heavy. But it's good. Sat down with uh, my good buddy Connor, who previously has been on the podcast to detail kind of like him getting MS and that initial part of the journey. And so I wanted to sit down because he just hit five years with it. And his, his life looks a lot different in a lot of, in mostly a lot of good ways. Um, and the struggle is still real and ongoing, but I was like, Hey man, five years, it's a long time. And I, I want to get your perspective on, you know, how things have changed, where you're at now, where you're going from here. And he had one very interesting thought in this last year, not having a relapse, um, that kind of, um, was a very thought provoking question that he's been pondering on. And then we kind of talked through a little bit, but yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode. And of course, as always, if you have a story you like to share, please let me know and get you on the podcast. Or if you just uh, have some feedback, all feedback is welcome. I want to hear what you like, what you don't like. Well, you know, maybe some any any type of feedback can help me improve the show, make it better for you. But without further ado, here was five years looking back on Connor's life with MS. You know, and we're live. We're in it. We're in it. I love it. I forgot what I said for Rachel's. You'll hear it when it when you listen to the episode. But I did Yo. something weird. And she like <laughs> was like, "What?" And I was like, "I pre- I post record intros, so I can just say whatever I want." Right. Welcome, Connor. Welcome again. Thank for the you for having me. Time suck it, Shane. Yep. If you're listening once again, always he can remember that he's at best second place. And that's pushing it. And that is pushing it. That's really pushing yeah. it. Because Rachel at least does Norwegian Ooh, goodbyes. And yeah. that that is record keeping. Right. Yeah, that's very important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like she writes it down, makes a note, then sends me not a Snapchat, a voice recording. Which right. is a little bit more a little more a task. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking Shane at best fifth. Maybe sixth. Yeah, yeah. Cause even the dogs respect when I pod. They come in, right. they lay down and they're either lay down here, they lay down out there, and they sleep. Yeah. So, they're like, hey, we know what's up. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's All just right. keep them in this place. Right. Fifth. At best. <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out of the way. So, Connor, I wanted to have you on because if you haven't listened, Connor's been on to tell his full MS story. So we won't rehash the whole thing. But I think a good synopsis for anyone who maybe doesn't want to go digging for it, I'll pull up the episode number, link to it in the show, in the notes. Uh, but if you want to hear the in-depth story, Connor has MS and you just hit five years with it. Yeah? Yep. Five years. Uh, Half a decade. Yeah. It would have been, what, November, technically November 30th, I mm-hmm. think, is the actual day I got the call from my neurologist, like, hey, this this is what it is, mm-hmm. kind of a thing. So, you know, we celebrate on December 6th each year. My birthday. Or do we celebrate on December 5th? I think it's the 5th. It's the 5th, yeah, mm-hmm. it's the day before your birthday. So I'm sandwiched That's why I'm thinking Pearl Harbor and MS. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great place to be. Yeah. It's where I like to live. Well, everyone knows the meat is the best part of the sandwich. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. It's a birthday sandwich. Yeah. You mm-hmm. get it. So you good get for you. With good stuff on both sides. <laughs> yeah. We'll say, we'll say memorable stuff on both sides. That, there we go. That's a better way to say so, it. So quick synopsis for those who are new or, or haven't heard and are like, I'm going to go ahead and listen to this episode, then I might go back. Give us like the basic, very, very high level summary of your situation. Okay, uh, quick high-level summary. Jiminy. Um, five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. Uh, it was actually probably closer to six. Right. Started having an issue with my leg. Uh, I wasn't in good shape, uh, but when I would go do yard work, something like that, um, it eventually just started quivering. I, the most notable time was taking paint cans up into the attic. Mm-hmm. And so going up, the, going up the old rickety steps. <laughs> just starts trembling and i'm like this is weird sit down it goes away i'm like whatever Mm -hmm. so you know far too long being a stubborn young man as i was and probably still am uh finally went to the doctor he's we did a lower back mri came back you know i'm riddled with arthritis down there in the lower spine likely because of like football you know stuff Hmm. like that um you know weird fun high school stuff um 
But anyway, but then he, you know, said that that's not that. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I eventually get a brain MRI. Boom. It's so, I was having an active relapse or else they wouldn't have been able to say exactly. maybe this, maybe not. It looks like this, but we can't be 100%. When you're having an active one, they're like, yeah, it's that, no questions. So insurance is fine, all that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how it started. Um, at how year, old were you? I would have been 24. Okay. 24. I probably had it at least when I was 23, 22. Mm-hmm. Didn't know um, Didn't know. I mean, at one point, probably when I was 16, 17 in high school, one morning I woke up and my right, no, it was my left leg. It was my left leg. Hmm. Just wouldn't, wouldn't work. Whoa. Um, couldn't put pressure on it. It just wouldn't bend. And it was like that all day. Like, doesn't hurt, just didn't work. Wow. And the next day I woke up and it was fine. I mean, so just Mm. whatever. But yeah, it was just one of those things where you're like, this, that's kind of weird. So I don't know how long I've had it, but it got diagnosed when I was 24. It's kind of eerie to know, like, you could have had it long, long before. But anyways. Yeah. So that's, and that kind of totally... Rocked your world, transformed your life a little bit. Yes. Kind of woke you up in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways. And now you're five years removed from that living with this. Um, And yeah, so let's talk about like where you are now and what that was like. We just just passed the five-year MS day. Yeah. Get together when we did it. It was fun. It was great. It was. Um, But yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's shocking that it's been five. Honestly, I mean, I know everyone says time flies and it truly does, but it's still shocking anytime you acknowledge it. It still is every single time. But it's just strange because there's so many days you wake up, or I wake up, I shouldn't say the proverbial you. You know, we all have MS. But yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it's just strange because some days I wake up and I just have nothing in the tank Mm -hmm. or the legs just not working right or this, that, or the other. I'm like, and I get frustrated. And then typically a couple hours later, I'm, you know, have more energy or my leg starts working a little better. And I'm like, oh, right. This is just what it is. Mm -hmm. It's some days are weird. And you would think five years that you'd kind of be at least a little more ready for it than I apparently am in the mornings, at least. Mm -hmm. It's still just bizarre. But it really has opened my eyes in a lot of different ways um, and opened my heart to seeing people that are having a rough go, wh- whether, whether it's MS or yeah. literally anything else. It's a lot easier to have empathy mm-hmm. for them than, um, at least for me, than I would have otherwise. So that's been one of the more notable things over the mm-hmm. five years is just... Even like um, COVID. Yeah. You know, I am someone who I think it was somewhat overblown for we can discuss that till the cows come home. But it's one of those things where I'm like, and I told my wife this at one point, I think it was pretty early on. It's like, you know, if I didn't have MS, I wouldn't care. I would look at anyone who was wearing a mask, especially early on when every, no one really knew when the world, the thing was, I'd have been like, I'm invincible. I'm young. I don't even care. Even though we didn't know that yet. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that it more affects older and sick and all that kind of thing. And so it's just one of those things where even, even small, even COVID wasn't small, but even things like that, where you're just like, or someone's saying, I'm sick. I got to stay home. This, that, or the other. Without it, when I was younger anyway, it was like, come on, let's go. Pick yourself up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm here. You can be here. Just, you know, get over it. Yeah. But now you're like, oh, they might have literally anything else going on that's so much more difficult than you're seeing on the surface. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's been one of those things where it's just an interesting thing you kind of pick up on, uh, just even within yourself that you're noticing things like that or people who have difficulty walking, mm-hmm. whether it's like, you know, they have a cane wheelchair, you know, stuff, obvious, the obvious ones, but it's when people are, 
uh, kind of off balance, maybe, yeah. and just kind of they um, subtly touch their hand on the wall. To, and I know now, because I do it, <laughs> that, you know, them regaining balance. Mm-hmm. And to where before, I wouldn't have, you know, it'd have to be pretty significant for me to really pick up on it. Yeah, and so it's, yeah, it's even just stuff like that, you mm-hmm. know. Those are, those are some of the kind of more obscure, uh, <laughs> at least obscure to me, things that I've picked up on for my, the last five years with it. How has your... So how has your perspective changed? Because, um, sorry we didn't touch on this, but you know, multiple sclerosis is a neurological disease and it's the de- degeneration of your myelin sheaths essentially, right? Yes. And so it's, and they don't know really what causes it. They don't Correct. have any sort of cures. There's only some right. remedies and it's more of a slowing effect. It's like, this is going to, you have this forever yeah. and your life, you know, you're not going to necessarily regain anything. You're only going to prevent yes. it from anything from getting worse. So yes. has your perspective if it has, how has it changed since from like maybe that first year to like now? Because I feel like over time, as you continue, near, like you said, you now it's like, well, I've been with this for five years. And so maybe that kind of looking ahead at the rest of your life of like, has it shifted at all as far as your perspective, thinking about things versus like when you first got it? Because I'm sure you felt like your life was maybe right. over, over, yeah. over in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah, that's another weird thing is because for the first four years, I didn't have a relapse. Things Mm -hmm. did not ever get worse. So kind of with that, you know, once the, you know, nothing has gotten worse at all for four years, it's been completely stable. You were almost like, was this fake news? No, it was just like, okay, the medicine is Mm -hmm. completely working. This is just what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, um, because when I very first got diagnosed, uh, my neurologist, he said, you know, uh, medication with MS has progressed so much. Used to, you had to give yourself a shot every single day. Yikes. And that's kind of what it was at that. But when I got diagnosed, I was taking a pill twice a day. That's not bad. No, it wasn't. Uh, for the first little while, it made me sick for an hour. But mm-hmm. each time I took it, but then it got better as my system got used to it. So I really never noticed it. And I just wasn't progressing. So it's just what it was. I'm like, okay, this is just my life. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Then at four years last year, I had a relapse, which means um, it showed up that uh, more of the myelin sheath was disintegrating. Basically, mm-hmm. it's not technically disintegrating, but it makes it easy to understand. Um, and it's one of those things where if it's not an obvious thing, you might not notice it. Like you might not even know. That's why you do the MRIs. I had a feeling. Because, you know, I had fallen, the only part is I had fallen back into out of shape. And Mm -hmm. so my mobility, you know, thinking back now, it was pretty obvious that it wasn't just out of shape worse. It was something else that happened worse. Um, So that's whenever, you know, I realized again that, oh, my life, my lifespan, at least my lifestyle with my lifespan is much more complicated and mm-hmm. much potentially shorter. You know, that doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, I'm, I, it, MS itself doesn't kill you. Yeah. It's the complications from it. And, you know, like my, you know, you've seen me walking around, mm-hmm. my risk of falling and, you know, uh, having a fatal fall is obviously much higher than, you know, like quote unquote normal, just because it's, it can be very tough for me to get around sometimes. So, you know, it's just, it hit me all over again. Yeah. Right. That I don't know how much time I have to be able to move around like a normal person to be able to really have much mobility at all. And so (laughs) it just kind of kicks you in the face again, whenever you're already thought you did that four years ago. Yeah. And then you do it again because you had, it had been enough time to where you're like, okay, this is just what it is. I'll just live my life and, you know, this is what it is. It's fine. Whatever. I can deal with that um, because, you know, I was able to run a mile and a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just great, but, you know, I could go, st- I could do stairs unless it was mm-hmm. a terrible day. You know, stairs up and down, no problem. I actually remember in the last house 
uh, we owned, you know, when I was working out, I did stairs. Hmm. Uh, the first, I realize now is the first probably four or five months that we owned the place. And then, you know, just from general uh, laziness, probably, I mean, really, it's what mm-hmm. it is, just falling out of shape. You know, I just stopped doing that. And then I thought about doing it again, probably a year later. I'm like, oh, no, it can't even, I can't even imagine doing that. Yeah. And so then, you know, find out that I had a relapse and you're like, oh, that should have been an obvious sign. <laughs> How did you not notice hey, that? I went from being able to do this to all of a sudden, I, right. can't, and I can't comprehend doing this. Maybe something happened. Right. You should have thought maybe something <laughs> happened. And so in that case, looking back, should you have been like called your neurologist and be like, hey, I noticed this? Or should you just wait until your yearly checkup? No, I should have called. The only thing is um, I got sick uh, in January of that year. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like we went in, got a COVID test, the whole nine. Mm-hmm. The nurse tells me, no, you're negative. You're just old fashioned sick. <laughs> <laughs> so, just regular sick. And when I get sick like that, I'm down. I mean, I don't completely recover Mm -hmm. for three weeks probably i mean you know i'm not coughing i'm not Mm -hmm. you know woozy or anything like that for three weeks i'm just low low energy for just wipes your body yes i mean just completely and then after that i didn't jump right back into exercise and trying to get after it some more and that would have been a pretty clear Mm -hmm. indication right then and there and I didn't do that. Um, so then, you know, I got sick again in August. And I mean, it was even worse as like we were working out again. My wife and I, we were back to working out and it, you know, it wasn't great, but I'm like, you eh, know, it's at least something. Mm-hmm. And then got sick. And I mean, it was, I was done. Hmm. And so then not long after that, maybe a month after that, month and a half, I had MRIs, and that's when uh, it was clear I had a relapse. And, you know, <laughs> we were already considering selling our house. But when I got that news, I was like, okay, we got to do something. Mm-hmm. I got to see the world. I got to do something while I can still move. And as I know you know, um, <laughs> We sold our house and started and started living Airbnb to Airbnb. We did traveling. We both work remote. It works. And we're actually at time of recording, still living Airbnb to Airbnb. No life. Because we started the process of building a house. Mm-hmm. Thought it would be done by now. It's still not at time of recording. Um, but, you know, we traveled. We uh-huh. saw 18 states last year. And... You know, all of that kind of stuff that when you get a relapse like that, when you get news that, hey, you might not be able to move and walk around without a a cane, a wheelchair, something, you know, at any point. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, sure, you could say that for anybody, but you can see yourself deteriorating in such a serious way, especially when you look back and think on it. So kind of realized and put me into gear that we have to do it now Mm -hmm. and you know without it i don't you know travel has been something like yeah sure i'd like to travel but then you like everyone yeah but then you get something like that and you're like oh (laughs) i want to see i want to see what i can Mm -hmm. while i can you know and so it's just been um a much different experience whenever you get kicked in the butt like at any point my friend this could go away. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things I talk to my wife about a lot that I'm not sure. Well, uh, the first time, I don't know if I would have ever gotten shape yeah. and gotten, I probably lost, I don't know. You can listen to the previous recording, Wait. 30, 35 pounds or so mm-hmm. and started running a mile three times a day. If I didn't get, if that didn't happen, if I didn't get diagnosed, I don't know if I'd ever done that. Or if I'd have just slowly gotten bigger and bigger and more out of shape, more out of shape. And now with the relapse last year, I don't know if I'd have been like, let's travel. Mm-hmm. Let's go see the world. Or if we would have sold the house, just rented a, some place, you know, 
two miles from where we were already living and just waited it out like that. And, you know, it's one of the, it's those kind of things that I'm like, I don't know how normal people, you know, quote unquote, normal people decide to make that change in their life. Well, well, I think, I think the hard reality is most people don't. I, yeah, that's what I'm cause. So I'm in, cause I haven't had anything like that happen. Praise the Lord. But at the same time, I feel like I'm, I try and like purposely think about, think that way. Like you need to, especially more and more. And for me, it starts as simple as like, okay, my go-to example, because it's the most prevalent example, is like the gym, right? It's like yeah. at any time, like I tell someone, it's like, oh, I'm going to start working out. It's like, when are you going to start? Start tomorrow. Like, just start, do some push-ups tomorrow. Like, because I've learned the importance of, if you really want to make a change in your life, if you really, you have all, we have all these things we think about, you need to start now. Yeah. And I just, I think sadly, a lot of people look at it as like, oh yeah, I want to do that eventually. And they never do it. Yeah. And that's just the hard truth of it. So there isn't. And for whatever reason, it takes crazy stuff like that, life-altering stuff to kind of wake us up as people because we're just so stubborn, I don't know, comfortable, take, take things for right. granted, yeah. all the above. Yeah, we are, I mean, are, we're kind of mm-hmm. programmed to do the easy and comfortable thing. Yep. I mean, and the way that the world is now, we have every option out there to be able to do the easy and comfortable thing. Like we could have, you know, extra food delivered to us right now yep. and it gets delivered to the doorstep. We go out, we grab it, we eat it, and then, you know, we can go straight to bed or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we have every ability to do that. That's why, you know, the comfort is just there for us. And our brain's like, yeah, we do that because, you know, we want to be secure. We want to be safe. We want to be comfortable. And so it's hard to take ourselves out of that. Yep. You have to actively try and fight against it because that's what comes natural. Yes. Path of least resistance. So right. that woke you up and then year five hit and you said something interesting to me. Um, and I think you mentioned it in your newsletter, how you just had your checkup yep. and no relapse. Correct. And you're, and, and you know, you've kind of made all these drastic changes, started your own business, kind of, you know, traveling around, like really just kick, kicked your life into gear. But then you looked at it as like, I didn't have a relapse this time. If I would have, what would have been the next, right. like, what would it have woken me up to? Yep. And am I still asleep to it? And I was like, that is so interesting. Because <laughs> you think like, okay, no more, no, re- no more relapses. The, the, was it the transfusions you're doing? I'm infusions. Infusions. Transfusions. Infusions. I'm not taking it from someone else. That's Nuclear fission. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Infusion. Your, your infusions. They're like, oh, they're working. That's good. That's all good news. But then because you now have that perspective of like, oh, this woke me up. You're like, oh, now I didn't get woken up. And so then it prompts that whole other thought process (laughs) where it's almost weirdly in some respects, a bad thing. Maybe. Yeah. Not not a bad thing, but like a bad thing in the sense of like, oh, it didn't kick my butt into more gear. Right. it, It kind of begs the question, okay, am I... Have I fallen back into some comfort or is there, what's that next level that I yeah. would have, that maybe, that maybe would have been obvious had I had a relapse and, and like, how do I find it? I mean, what's precisely? Your, yeah. Just talk through kind of your headspace around that and that question at all. Cause I think it's extremely interesting. Yeah. Cause that, that is the thing, right? Cause when I first got diagnosed, it was my health mm-hmm. kicked it into gear. I got to make this big change. And it was my work situation. I was at a job I didn't love. It was draining me. And now I realize there were a couple reasons it was draining me. But, you know, it, it kicked both those things into gear big time. Then when I had my relapse, um, I realized I had, I've still never lived outside Oklahoma. Don't necessarily plan on it. I mean, maybe yes, mm-hmm. maybe no. Kind of in the same boat. But, you know, I just realized I hadn't, there's so much I haven't seen. Right. I've been on some family vacations. We've seen some great stuff, but there's a lot. I mean, there's Mm. still obviously tons and tons of stuff I still haven't seen. But I was like, okay, if we're going to do something like this, I will never be in a better position to be able to do it than Mm. right now. So we got to go do it. And we went out and did it. I mean, we're back now. I mean, 
you know, we're still, like I said, as a time of recording, we're still living Airbnb to Airbnb, but we're done with the travel. We saw everything, you know, that we had on our list for this last 2022 to go out and see. And it was incredible. Wouldn't trade it for the world. But then it came time to get MRIs again. And, you know, that full week, because uh, I had them, I think it was on a Tuesday. And then I got one of them back immediately. No, no uh, relapse or anything mm-hmm. like that. But the other one, I didn't until Friday. So oh. between Tuesday and Friday, you're just thinking about, okay, well, what happens if I have a relapse? Because mm-hmm. uh, I think it was the one on my brain that yeah. was so delayed. So my spinal cord immediately came back. It was clear. Um, but for, you know, those four days, sitting there thinking, trying, just going through it all. Like, if I have a relapse, okay. So that means the infusions aren't working. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to go to some other medication. I don't even know what that is. Because mm-hmm. the infusions are already a step up from, like, the pills, all mm-hmm. the pills. This is a more aggressive one already. And then, so no more infusions. Um, that means that I don't, I don't know what's next, and I don't know what is going to happen. What am I going to click into? Because both of the last two times, something just clicked. Mm-hmm. That, oh, you have to do this. And I went out and did it, and, you know, very thankful I did in both, both cases. But, so then you're sitting there thinking all week, okay, what am I, if I do have a relapse, or even if I guess if I don't, I don't know. What am I going to do? What is, what's next? I mean, you know, we're, we're building a house still. And I'm like, do I just tell them no thanks and we'll just travel? Yeah. Is that what's going to happen? I don't know if I really necessarily want to do that. I mean, I want to travel again, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't know in the same vein that we were on <laughs> all of 2022. It was fairly wild. We lived more out of state than we lived in mm-hmm. Oklahoma last year. Um, so there was that there was, you know, I've like, like you said earlier, I've already started my own business and I'm putting a lot into it and I want to keep doing that. And that's what I see longer term for me, um, is to do that. So it's not like I'll just say, forget it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going, starting my own thing, this, that, or the other, because I'm already, you know, trying to do something in a very similar way. So I, I don't know what it, what it would be. So that's what I was doing all week. Like, what's going to happen? What do I do? How does this work? You know, and you go through all the possibilities. And then Friday comes, no relapse. Thank the Lord. I'm all, you know, completely stable for a full year. That means the infusions are working. So I'm going to stay on them. And, you know, we'll just keep it moving. And this might be, you know, as bad as it's going to get for... Sometime. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But, you know, for now, it's working. But that's still, you know, even after Friday and I got the results, it still just left me thinking, okay, so you don't have a relapse. You're not getting worse. But are those things that you would have gotten pushed to things you should be doing, things you should Mm -hmm. look to do? And, you know, I, you know, as I said, for those four days, Tuesday to Friday, I was thinking about trying to figure out what it might be. Never could think of anything, you know, for sure. And now I'm also sitting here like, okay, should I be living like that? Should I be finding stuff? Mm-hmm. And what would it have been? You know, what would have just kind of clicked to me? Because yeah. both of the last two times, it just, it was obvious. You know, I didn't think about it. I didn't think, well, should I do this or that? It was just, that's as, this is clearly the choice. You do that. So part of me is then like, am I just trying to, you know, make something happen that can't without something yeah. like that? Or at least for me, can't without something like that? Or, or maybe, maybe, maybe even if it would have been, there wouldn't have been an as obvious click because, right. you know, to me, the question is, okay, this got me on. First time got me on this trajectory and the second time took my trajectory to here. So third time or no, 
to me, I'm saying, would this have altered my trajectory again? Or right. am I still on a good trajectory? And, you know, because you can kind of drive yourself mad thinking about that. But right. I almost think, like, maybe there wouldn't have been an obvious trigger on this third one. And maybe not. The other option then would be, would it turbocharge what you're already doing? What I'm already doing. And, and that... That is certainly possible, and that's definitely something, you know, I've thought about mm-hmm. that maybe that was the answer, that I would really get back into fitness in a way that, mm-hmm. you know, I really haven't been uh, for, I guess, a couple of years at this point, yeah. um, or just dive back into traveling, mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, you know, however that might work, whatever it is. You know, stuff like that. Or is there something else lurking? Mm-hmm. The lurking, the, some, the idea that something else is lurking out there is what, is what will drive you mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think what you can do with that is you can sit there and let it put you in a mental straitjacket in a, in a foam room that like just drives <laughs> you crazy. Or you can look at that as like, okay, because there might be something lurking out there, I've got to keep exploring. Right. And I've got to keep doing. And you you might find you'll either find that oh there wasn't anything out there but look at what all I've done or you're gonna be, you will find it and you're like ah found it and when either way I think it's like you have a choice of you can either use that almost as fuel or you can let it kind of uh, no pun intended here cripple you yeah no that's I mean that's exactly what you could do I mean you know I've kind of let go of it a little bit since I first had the idea and first yeah. put the put the idea out there good but the only thing is you get back and think about Mm -hmm. it is that a good thing (laughs) i think it's a good thing to not to not overly focus on it in in a negative sense of like just sitting there going stewing in it right um i think it's it's always going to sit in the back of your mind but you shouldn't let it dominate your thoughts that's fair that's fair Mm -hmm. (laughs) you could let it like be a spark for for the combustion but not just let it sit there and just yeah like flood your brain Exactly. <laughs> so no relapses and that big what if question. <laughs> I mean, what is your what is your mindset then? Because correct me if I'm wrong, but relapses on some level are almost a guarantee at some point, right? Pretty yeah, pretty much. Like I mean, on some they keep level, saying that you know, the, as the medicine is getting better, you know, the various, will various medicines, mm-hmm. it's making a longer and longer timeline between relapses Mm -hmm. as it, as it continues to progress and get better and all that kind of thing. But statistically, yes, Mm -hmm. there will be more. I mean, and so how do you handle that? I mean, I guess it's not much different than like, if you, once you kind of realize your mortality, once you come out of the immortal mindset of like your young youth, you know, I think about that a lot more now of like, Oh, eventually I'm probably not going to be able to do this or that, or I'm going to have, breakdown in these parts of my body and you know i might have to face this this random thing but i I don't know it seems still a little bit different in your situation but right i would say by and large and i've talked to my wife about this quite a bit she's probably tired of hearing about it she's probably glad that i'm talking to you instead (laughs) of her again but i think it puts it into a little clearer picture and a little more upfront. Because obviously, I mean, I try to say that about every time is, you know, when I say, you know, it could be tomorrow and Mm -hmm. I can't walk. And then I try to say, obviously, that could happen to anyone. Yeah. But it's a lot higher chance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so with it being a higher chance and with it, you seeing your own body kind of falter. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people is when you start to see something truly falter in you. Not... Oh, when I was young, Mm -hmm. I could stay up for 24 hours if I needed to or something, you know, something like that. Just when the body just stops doing something entirely, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, crap. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, oh, Oh, what? Okay. You got to rethink your whole approach. Right. And so, you know, it's that kind of thing that I think puts it a little more forefront. Mm -hmm. And it probably does for people like you, like my wife, who are you know, around and are seeing that on me. Yeah. Also, I would have to assume. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you, um, if you could go back and like tell Connor who had just, 
you know, shortly after kind of an initial diagnosis, like give him, I don't know, some advice or just like some, some, maybe a, maybe a wisdom, some drop of wisdom, be like, Hey, you know, take this little nugget. I mean, is there anything you'd offer him? Um, probably, well, two things. And I, anytime anyone ever tells me that they have a, I had a guy tell me recently that his cousin just mm-hmm. got diagnosed with MS. And I immediately told him, hey, if she ever needs help, if she is ever questioning, mm-hmm. if she's ever confused, anything like that, please have her reach out to me. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would say is you're not alone. Yeah. You know, there's either other people or there's just people around you. Sure, they don't understand it completely because you don't understand it completely. <laughs> Still, five years later, but you're not alone in this, mm. you know. And the other thing is never give up your physical fitness. Because if I wouldn't have, I think I would have been a lot better able to tell. It wouldn't have stopped the relapse. Yeah. I mean, that's the hard But it would have been more apparent. But it would have been obvious quicker. You'd have been like basically one day like good run and next day you're like, I can't run anymore or right. whatever. And be like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And I just would have jumped to it quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, it might have prevented other uh, attacks, mm-hmm. you know, between the first relapse and whatever might have happened, mm-hmm. whatever extra uh, demil- demilineation happened yeah. in that gap before I had MRIs. Um, but... You know, it's not like it would stop it. Yeah. You know, obviously. But so I think really the first thing is just you're, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, lean on, lean on Jesus, lean on the people around you. And, you know, it, cause right after I got diagnosed, I definitely remember like pulling my, pulling mm-hmm. into a shell kind of a thing. Yeah. Just people, people don't would. understand it. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to die or, yeah something i mean i didn't i never really had the i'm gonna die tomorrow kind of Mm -hmm. thing it wasn't a cancer diagnosis or something like that but it was you know just a complete life life shift and so i would say you know it has to be you're not alone Mm -hmm. it has to be yeah well and i think that's important too and that's part of why i want to do these type of podcasts is to remind people no matter what you're going through someone's going through something you don't to, not to play the comparison game of like, oh, they have it worse because that's what I'm trying to do and try and downplay whatever problem people are going through. But just remind them that like everyone's going through something, yep. which actually brings up a good question then, because I know this is. I mean, I know this is a serious, like probably internal debate and I would definitely struggle with it, but like. Accepting help or. Like, how do you how do you work through. And what's your thoughts regarding kind of like, where do you push through and where do you kind of almost like give in to, oh, like I have to go all this way and, you know, someone offers you a chair or something and you're like, should I walk? Do I, you know, is it, is it personal pride or is like, is this probably the smart, smart thing to do? Should I suck it up and take it? Like, where do you, how have you go about (laughs) maneuvering that minefield yeah that is a continual battle over and over that i have because especially at first you know um when i was working my way to running a mile i fell 18 times outside of the place that i worked Mm -hmm. and once did someone you know i was right by an intersection once did someone pull over and are you okay mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff so that also kind of got me in a it's just you you uh-huh. got to do this and some of that is good mm-hmm. and just like some of pushing through is good but i don't know <laughs> i mean that's that's yeah. that's the god's honest truth is i don't know the answer to you know when do i just keep working mm-hmm. when do i keep trying or when do I say, okay, no, I, I can't do it. Yeah. I need help. And because I hate the word, I can't do it. Right. I hate it. Especially when it's stuff that I know that if I didn't mm-hmm. have what I have, if I didn't have MS, you know, no for problem. a normal person, it's, you don't even think about it, mm-hmm. nor should you. But <laughs> with me and what I have, it, very often is a thing where 
if you're not careful, you'll put yourself into a very mm. potentially dangerous situation. And that's where I think, I think you're right. Saying I can't do this is very kind of demoralizing and defeating. And I'd almost say, I'd almost, I think that's where it's, it's important to maybe shift your mindset around it. I almost look at it as like a, it's not necessarily that you can't do it. And like people are doubting you and maybe you physically can't do it, but it's like, should I do it on my own? Or should I do it this way? And like, because like you said, it's like you have to kind of weigh it. You have to weigh the situation and say, is this, is this like just kind of, is this reckless versus no, it's good to like for me to, to, to give it an honest try and, right. and, and see and kind of push my boundaries, push my limits, make myself better. And because that's the way, at least the way that I think I would have to view it to even be able to yeah. <laughs> say, accept any kind of help or assistance to be like, no, really, it's fine, you know, but no, is, is like, okay, should I do this? <laughs> like, is this, is this actually going to push me to be better or is this just me and my pride? Right. And the shifting it to a should I, mm-hmm. I think is a very big and difficult thing. Mm-hmm. At and least, at least for people who are uh, stubborn. Yeah. Like you most and of I us. somewhat are, especially... I guarantee you almost anyone will be mm-hmm. if you get told that you can't walk in your mid twenties. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. your, that's, that's the kicker of all this. Cause like right. you're like 45, 50, you'd be like, yeah, it sucks. It's early, but yeah. eventually people get that way to between 24 and be like, Oh yeah, you've definitely had this up until this point yeah. on just for some number of years or some amount of time. And now you have it going forward and it's just like, Oh, son of a gun, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. To me, that's the heaviest hitting thing is just like, holy crap. Yeah, because some of it, you just, I start questioning, okay, if I get to that point, mm-hmm. the breaking point, you know, quote unquote, to where, you know, in a normal, normal body, you would say, all right, you got to push just a little yeah. further this time, a little further that time. But with my stuff, so often it's been pushed to here and it's not just your body. Mm-hmm. it's your brain that's faltering right it's your brain that's sending or not sending mm-hmm. correct or incorrect signals so your body won't even try or it i mean your body is trying i guess mm-hmm. but your brain's telling it either not to do anything or to do something totally wrong so you get to the same point over and over and your brain's just like nope nope yep and your body wants to try and push through and your stubborn pride once you just try and push through, but your brain isn't, <laughs> isn't mm-hmm. necessarily getting smarter and better at it because it's still at that point that it just, and won't send, won't yeah. send signals, whatever it might be. You know, there's obviously still things, you know, get in better shape, lower your internal temperature, mm-hmm. and that'll help you, you know, move around better for longer. But either way, when you get to that point, your brain just won't send the signals. Yeah. It just won't do it. It can't, or, you know, it can't no, it, do it, it right. It like, truly seems like it's physically can't. incapable. You know, it's almost right. like, it's like, it's like, pers- it's almost like a person with one arm, say you're missing your right arm, trying to use your right arm. And it's like, what? Anyone would look at it and be like, you don't have a right arm. Right. And I think, I think that's what takes tremendous amount of kind of like strength in yourself to almost realize that and kind of come to that conclusion and be like, ah, this is what it is. It sucks, but there's yeah. no change in it, you know? Yeah. Cause that, that's what happened to me when I was running, you know, I could run a mile in about mm-hmm. eight minutes, a little over. Um, but if I tried to run further, it hmm. wouldn't, it just wouldn't happen. No matter. I mean, I was in the best shape of my life. Yeah. I think I got down to, 170 168 Mm -hmm. something like that i was a lean machine and any further than a mile it just stopped well that's the crazy that's probably the craziest thing for me when dealing with ms is the heat factor how it's where if you your body starts if you don't know it's basically your body starts to heat up your internal temperature heats up it things shut down It can't, it can't deal and it won't work. And so like you basically have to avoid hot, like you can't do hot tubs. You can't do, shoot, probably can't even do showers too hot. And no, that gets a little dicey, especially the first five, like trying to get dressed again after a shower Mm -hmm. is always 
Your body's a little hot. It's hot and it's just a struggle and you feel stupid. At least I do (laughs) feel stupid trying to put on underwear and having to lean against the wall Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. I mean. Well, and that's where for me, it's so confounding because we were talking about like training and doing certain stuff and i'm just like i rack my brain of course haven't done any actual like hard research on it but just trying to rack my because usually with something with like if someone wants to do some sort of exercising and say they have there's some sort of the term the catch-all term is special population right or or they just like have some sort of you're trying to meet them where they're at and find what fits them and there's so many there's a million different ways to exercise and movements and things right. you can do in ways you can shift it up you can always kind of find okay, this works for this person and figure it out. But like the underlying, the underlying thing with you is, okay, my body heats up and like, I can't let that happen. And so it's like, okay, so what are you supposed to like work out in an ice bath? Do you need to like go outside only in the winter? Like, and and so it's just weird because I'm like, I look at it as, okay, there's gotta be a way, reasonable way that you can get into shape and be physically fit despite having ms without having to like say hit that one mile barrier where your brain just is like nope we're done and and overheating and they have things like cooling vests and i know that i think you've maybe messed around with but that's the that's one of the more confounding things because i'm sitting here as your friend especially and i'm like okay let's figure you know surely (laughs) there's something we can figure out i'm just like i don't know because like the the number one thing is like literally you go to work out you do a warm-up you get your muscles warm, you get your body warm. Like that is almost quintessential to it. And so I'm like, how do I get some fitness in without warming up? I guess it's like, you got to do a little bit and then just stop, wait, cool down. Like ice packs, cool towels. I don't know. Right. And it just, it just, it is, it is endlessly mind boggling. And I'm like, I I don't know, but there's, but at the same time, I'm like, there's gotta be a way people have had MS for a long time. People have probably figured it out. The one thing that I was able to come up with that I think might would be like water. Not, I don't want to say aerobics, but water workouts. Right. Getting in the pool, you're buoyant. So if you fall, it's not a big deal. Um, and you know, have, you know, and you'd probably just be in chest deep water or something like that and relatively cool water. And that would balance out even when you start working hard and sweating the water's always cooling your body and keeping you cooled down. And that's like the one thing where I'm like, I think that's a reasonable way instead of, you know, let me strap 17 ice packs to my (laughs) chest. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And my parents own a pool and I, I, you know, it's been a couple of years now, I guess, you know, cause all Mm. last year was traveling. Um, I swam most every day, at least. Oh, from early spring till, fall yeah somewhere in there and that did seem to work pretty well yeah so you did notice a difference in that where you were like okay i can keep doing this yeah and and to me that's really the only thing that kind of really makes sense yeah to be able to combat that but well man i don't know that i have too much more to say we're almost at an hour um appreciate you coming on and doing the the follow-up of five years who knows maybe we'll do a 10-year one right be wild to think if we're <laughs> sit down at 10 years later i can't even imagine that it's, but it seems crazy mm-hmm. yeah i think uh you got a pretty inspiring story well, and um i think it's hopefully will help a lot of people out there i hope so and a lot of people that maybe are dealing with maybe ms maybe not um how prevalent is it again do you know um worldwide there's about a million dang so it's it's that's not a lot no <laughs> wow that's crazy and they and they still don't know what causes it no, well if it's only causes. a million worldwide that's got it that that to me that falls in bucket of it's rare enough that it's just like it just happens yeah a little bit i mm-hmm. mean there's enough money being poured into it that um they're figuring out some more stuff with mm-hmm. it but they certainly don't know you know there's some genetic markers yeah i don't remember all of it that if you have it you're more susceptible to mm-hmm. autoimmunes and specifically ms uh they figured out the further away you are from the equator the more likely you are to get it that's interesting it's a bizarre hot. thing it's very strange that's so confusing because the equator is hot yeah yeah and so you'd be cold more I... so maybe it has something to do with not being exposed to heat i don't 
that's weird. Yeah, it's it's all. It gets more confusing then. It does. <laughs> Golly. So far, it's like watching a full season of Lost. So where every <laughs> at the end of every episode, you're like, okay, they told me that, but I have thirty more questions. Now. <laughs> <laughs> right, and they um crap. What, are, what was I gonna say? It has mm, no known cure, no treatments. Treatments have gotten. What was I saying? There was something around treatments and research and cures. Mm, I guess we're not gonna get it. (laughs) That's all right. I'm sure I'll think of it. Yeah. And like hit the record button. Be like, nope, I got it. But (laughs) I don't know. But anyways, thanks for coming on. You have any closing thoughts? Wrap up your, you know. Um. Closing thoughts, not necessarily, mm-hmm. just, you know, this is probably the corniest dumb thing ever, but, you know, live every day like you don't know what's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You hear that all the time, and you're not going to do it, the person <laughs> listening to me. Nope. You're just not. I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Not a chance. I won't mm-hmm. even live like that at Shane's that level. 85, and he still doesn't. And he still doesn't. And, you know, you're just not going to do it. But if you are able to, your life is going to open up in a way that you just wouldn't have dreamed. Mm-hmm. Well, cool, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, thank you to Connor for coming on and being willing to share five years later. It's always interesting to see as time goes on how perce- perspectives evolve, change, how they stay the same, and reflecting back. I think it's important to do is uh, always to reflect on reflect on things in our lives like that particularly like with him with his ms and so a uh, huge shout out we want to come on about that deeply personal stuff i hope you guys enjoyed this episode hopefully it helped you in some way and if you have some story you want to share you want to come on and talk about uh, some kind of blessing from tragedy i know we didn't really hit the usual notes with that on here but yeah if you haven't heard his first episode where he details uh, goes into detail like being diagnosed with MS and getting MS that we did earlier this year. Uh, go check the description. I'll have a link to that episode specifically so you can go and find it. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for listening, being a part, being part of the Hanyak Horde, which extends beyond the Rambling Viking. And be sure to rate, leave a review, share this around, uh, send in any feedback, you know, email. I guess if I don't even know why I say email DM on social media, text, whatever you want to do. Or there's always a link in this description to leave a little 60 second voice message. So that'll do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you here. See you here next time. This is your head Hanyak signing off.